Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Well, good morning, Horizon West Church, and uh, really those of you that are watching from all over the world, perhaps. Uh, in fact, one of the things that I would love to encourage you to do right as we get started with the message this morning is let us know where you're watching from. We know we've got people in other states, perhaps even other countries that are tuning in right now, so, so let us know that so we can know who's connected with us this morning. Uh, I also want to give you permission to go full-on digital Pentecostal this morning. And what I mean is, you can comment throughout my message. Uh, you can give us a, a preach, brother. You can give us an amen. If you're really feeling crazy, you can put it in all caps, and we want you to do that. We want to encourage full engagement and participation this morning as we do church online today. Uh, I want to say on a more serious note that uh, I'm going to ask that all of us really heed the uh, directions and the instructions of leaders in our country and uh, those who are advising us. Uh, let's be cautious. Let's be careful. Let's not take unnecessary risk. Let's really lead the way in demonstrating what faith and wisdom look like when they're put together um, as we have an opportunity to do today. And I want to tell you also that while our normal lives have been disrupted over the last week or the last 10 days, uh, I can tell you that the gospel has not been restricted at all. In fact, I want to share with you some of the incredible things that have happened just in the last week through Horizon West Church staff, members, leaders, and individuals. We have uh, members at Horizon West Church who are part of the Disney workforce, and they put us in touch with leadership of the Disney College program. And we were able to learn through that that there were individuals who were being displaced and needed homes. And so we got together and the, the deacons at Horizon West Campus got together and, and we came up with a plan that would allow for some of those individuals to even have a place to live. In fact, just yesterday, we got to see one of those individuals move in to the home of one of our Horizon West Church people. Uh, we're also working with Sunridge Middle School where we normally meet on Sunday mornings. And the administrators there let us know that there are going to be some at-risk students facing food insecurity over the next couple of weeks, and, and would we do something to maybe help with that? And so we're diving into that. We don't know exactly what that looks like, but we want to be for our community and for our city in that way as well. And finally, this is a great time to continue pursuing our vision at Horizon West Church of 1,000 gospel conversations in 2020. Now, none of us thought this was coming. None of us thought we'd be in the situation that we're in, but we know that doesn't have to restrict the gospel from going forward. Uh, if you're a part of the Horizon West Church family, you know that we have a gospel conversation board that's covered in pushpins. And, and every week when we have gospel conversations, when we share the good news of Jesus, when we pray with somebody, when we invite someone to come to church with us, that next Sunday we come and we pull a pushpin off the wall. And this past week, in fact just yesterday, I received a text from one of our members that said, when we return, I have a pushpin to take off the wall. The gospel is continuing to go forward. And so today what I want to do is to talk a little bit about how we can be fearless in the middle of the things that we're facing right now. If you've got a Bible near you or maybe it's a, a different device than you're streaming with, but I would encourage you to follow along and to be fully engaged and participate. And what I want to do this morning is look at three truths that we can remember, that we can cling to as we face these uncertain times. I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, just two verses, Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul writes this, Do not be anxious about anything, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The first truth that I see in these two verses is this. Our, our problem is anxiety. In fact, a 2018 study of over 2,500 college students in the U.S. revealed that 30% had reported what they called in their terms overwhelming anxiety in just the last two weeks. Now, this wasn't these last two weeks. This was just the normal day-to-day of a U.S. college student's life. And three out of ten said that they had felt overwhelmed with anxiety in just the past two weeks. In fact, we know that the average age of, uh, of diagnosis for an anxiety disorder is now 11 years old, and Psychology Today reporting on that says the reasons that we're seeing this increased anxiety are many, among them the fact that we live in a post-9-11 world, uh, we face, uh, students especially face parental pressures, uh, the reality of terrorism, media fears, social media pressures, and perceived threats, and we know that COVID-19 is going on that list. There is plenty of reason for us to feel anxious in our world. Novelist Arthur Summers Roche said this about anxiety. Anxiety is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. See, I believe anxiety is to our mindset what the multiplication sign is to math. We have problems, and they're real problems, and we don't need to be dismissive of that. But the problem with anxiety is that when we set it next to our very real problems, it doesn't simply add to them, it multiplies them. It makes them exponentially worse and bigger. And so anxiety just builds it up and before long, the problem isn't the problem anymore. The problem is now our anxiety about what is going on. That's why Paul points out that our problems have less to do with the circumstances going on around us and more to do with what is going on in our response inside of us. You can't control what happens around you, but you can control and you must control what happens within your own mind. Someone could ask, Chris, do you really mean to imply that in the midst of a global pandemic that I'm not to be anxious? And I would just point you back to the scripture. Paul says, do not be anxious about what? about anything. And and let me remind you that this was penned by a man who was sitting in a Roman prison cell. This wasn't somebody living the high life, you know, sipping margaritas on an island somewhere. This was a man facing very real and imminent danger and threat. And he said, don't be anxious about anything. We can live, Christians, without anxiety, with no fear, because we know that God is in control and, and also because our hope isn't in this life, it's in the life to come. I can't tell you how this is going to turn out. I can't tell you what the outcome is for you in the physical, in the temporal. But if you're a believer in Jesus, I can promise you what the outcome is ultimately. That you are destined for life eternal with Jesus in heaven, with the community of saints through the ages. That is ultimately what we face, bigger than what we face right now. See, I believe we overcome anxiety not by resisting its power, but rather by replacing it with an even greater power. The second truth I see in this verse, the solution is prayer. I got to tell you that uh, sometime around January, kind of the beginning of this year, uh, I was really impressed to uh, just be praying more than I, I was. 
um, to, to sometimes be on my knees in the morning praying, often up early praying. And, and that's not because it was some kind of super spiritual thing I wanted to do, but just because of a need of God impressing on my heart that, Chris, you need to be praying. Pray for your family. Pray for the people you lead. Pray for your world. And so I have been doing that. And in the midst of that journey, uh, someone handed me a book by a man named E.M. Bounds. He's a, a classic uh, writer and theologian and wrote a ton of work on prayer. And so I've been kind of devouring that in the morning along with my Bible reading. And, and, and here's what I have found, and hopefully this is helpful to you, because when I go to pray, here's what I find. I don't find that prayer immediately chases anxiety away. In, in fact, oftentimes when I go to pray, what happens is the anxiety ratchets up. Because I'm bringing to mind the things that I'm concerned about, the things that I'm anxious about. And I'm, I'm trying to say, Lord, would, would you intervene? Would you step in? Would you do what I can't do? But the thoughts themselves begin to create that anxiety. And it's almost like there's this cage fight going on between prayer and anxiety. And what I have found is that when I can let faith win out over my fear on the battlefield of prayer, it tends to stay that way throughout the day. Friends, it is so important that we be praying, that we be trusting and seeking the Lord in this time. And notice in Philippians 4, it's not just any prayer that wins out over anxiety. But what does Paul say? He says, pray with thanksgiving. Did you know we now have scientific proof that gratitude lessens stress and anxiety in our lives? We know that scientifically. What the scripture said 2,000 years ago, science has now caught up to and proven to us. And the reason is simple and clear because anxiety focuses me on what I do not have, what I lack in finances, in my marriage, in my job, in my situation. Anxiety gets me to focus on the things I don't have. Prayer and gratitude focus me on the things that I do have. And as we do that, something begins to change, something begins to happen in our lives when we focus on the salvation that's ours in Christ, when we focus on the family and the friends that God has blessed us with, when we focus on God's provision, even in a changing world, the anxiety lessens and the gratitude rises. Well, I want to give you an illustration for this idea of faith or fear, and this goes back to the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn there because I'm actually going to look at this passage in just a second, but it needs some context. So let me share that with you. Elisha is an Old Testament prophet, and he and his servant wake up one morning and they find themselves in a really dangerous situation with the Syrian army bearing, bearing down on them. And I want to read for you what happens in 2 Kings 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Now, let me pause there for a second. You've probably not said to someone, alas, what shall I do? That's kind of an old way to say it. What you've probably said, whether in your own head or even out loud to a spouse or a friend or family member, is I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. If I become infected or somebody I love becomes infected, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do if the economy doesn't bounce back. I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose my job. These are very real concerns. And Elisha and his servant in 2 Kings 6 were facing a very real enemy. The Syrian army had them entirely surrounded, and they were hell-bent on destroying these two individuals. 
we're in a situation where we're surrounded by scary reports and bad news. The Apostle Paul, writing the book of Philippians, was surrounded by prison, Roman, uh, a Roman prison cell. These are real situations. But watch what happens when faith shows up in a situation. 2 Kings 6, verse 16. Elisha said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Notice what Elisha didn't do. He did not say to his young servant, O young servant, uh, there is no Syrian army. Uh, There are no enemies surrounding us. He didn't say that. He acknowledged what they saw and the truth of it. But then he lifted his eyes and he acknowledged an even greater reality. And I love the way he says this. He says that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The New Testament equivalent of this is 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. We don't have to pretend like everything is fine in our world to, to, to access this truth of God. We, we can understand and acknowledge that things are turbulent right now. And yet we can trust a greater reality. See, I believe faith acknowledges our situation, but then affirms God's sovereignty over our situation, no matter what that might be. Here's the third and final truth I want to share with you this morning from Philippians 4. God's promise is peace. See, prayer brings peace because prayer, by its very nature, is the act of laying our cares, our concerns, our anxieties at the feet of Jesus. That's why Peter says in, in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Uh, to illustrate this, I can tell you that my children are not concerned about the same things that I'm concerned about right now. Uh, my, my son has not asked me how my 401k is doing. Uh, my, my daughters have, have not asked me if I'm getting a paycheck. No, no one is asking these in, in my home because why? They trust that I'm concerned about those things. They, they trust that I'm paying attention to those concerns. And when they trust their father, they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to fret. And if I see my kids starting to get worried and afraid and scared, it may be an indicator to me that they don't trust dad to take care of things. And friends, you need to know this morning, when you choose fear over faith, when you choose worry and anxiety, what you're saying is, God, I don't know if I can trust you. I feel like I need to take this on. I need to wear these burdens on my own back because I'm not sure that my Father in heaven will provide and will protect me. Here's what Paul says. The peace of God, when you trust, when your faith increases in him, when you pray with thanksgiving, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. Now remember again where Paul is. He's in a Roman prison cell. He's surrounded by Roman guards. And so he uses this military term, which actually means to be surrounded. He says, when you pray with thanksgiving, when you lay your cares at the feet of Jesus, you're going to be surrounded like a military guard by the peace of God. That's a promise that you can be certain of. This same word that Paul uses here, the word guard, has a Hebrew equivalent when the Old Testament was written in, he, in Hebrew, the word that this is in Hebrew is natser. It's often translated as keep. You will guard or you will keep. It again has the idea of, of a military terminology. 
It's the same word that Isaiah uses in chapter 26, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. If you're feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, if you feel no peace in your life, stop looking to the circumstances around you and start looking to the God above you. Trust him, seek him, and let the peace of God wash over you like a waterfall. Because here's what I know to be true. You are most fully protected when you trust in the protection of God over you. That peace and the protection that comes with it, notice where they're found, verse 7. Paul says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those of you watching this morning, this is a great time to ask yourself, whether you are a church goer or not, it's a great time to ask yourself, do I know Jesus? Am, am I in Christ Jesus? Have I truly put my trust in him? Have I truly surrendered my life to him? I shared at the beginning of the message some of the ways that God was working at Horizon West Church, and I, and I saved one that I want to share with you now as we prepare to close. Several uh, months ago, I got to know a woman in our campus. Her name is Debbie, and she's a wonderful woman. I had the opportunity to baptize her earlier this year. And Debbie's father is older and and was facing some health issues uh, just about two months ago. And and Debbie texted me and a few others. She said, please be praying for my dad. 87 years old, he's facing some very real health challenges. And so we said, okay, we're praying. And, And we did that, and we prayed for him. Well, we were praying for him to recover his health, but what we didn't know is about two days later, Debbie would text us and say, good news, dad is home, and even better news, he's given his life to Jesus. And I had to read it again. I was like, whoa, like this really happened. 87 years he had lived without knowing Christ. 87 years he had lived without believing in the one who had, who had purchased him. And, he had done, and yet here at 87 years old, when things were at their worst, when he was facing the very real possibility of death, her dad, Tom, gave his life to Jesus. Earlier this week on Tuesday, I had a chance to drive over to Lakeland and to baptize Tom. The family calls him Pop, but, but uh, that's who he is. And I want you to watch on the screen, I want you to watch the video that was shot. It's about 45 seconds long of me baptizing Tom and affirming the faith. And watch to the very end as Tom is baptized. Watch this. And Tom, again, we're going to uh, baptize you based on the fact that you put your trust in Jesus just a couple months ago. So it's an honor to be able to do that um, as, a, as a pastor and a brother in Christ now. So Tom, go ahead and make your declaration of faith. My name is Tom. My name is Tom, and Jesus is my Lord. Amen. 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 Tom, based on your profession of faith, I have the honor of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. Evidence of a man who is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but his peace is in God because his faith is in Jesus. I'm so glad to be able to tell you today that our gospel is not bound by us being in our homes. The gospel is not bound by the fact that we can't gather in the ways that we have before. The gospel is not bound by anything. In fact, right now, the gospel is bursting forward. The kingdom of God is advancing And if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to remind you, 
that our God is on the throne, our future is secure, and the gospel is unhindered. Things may look dark right now, but there is a light that cannot be extinguished, and our God is with us, he is for us, and his power is surrounding us. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.